Welcome once again, Dragons, to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. I am Kenny Rotter, here with you today. Today's podcast is a little bit of a unique one. It was recorded... I don't know when it was recorded. Let's find out. It was recorded in September of 2014. What makes this one a little bit more unique is that I am not in it. It is solely Ted Davis and our interviewee, Sheila Miller Nelson. Sheila was an awesome person. I did really enjoy listening to the interview. Uh, Sheila is a personal trainer and she works with Beach Body, but I'm going to let her and Ted tell you all about that. Work out nerd out, everybody. Enjoy. In the basement, rolling dice. Rolling dice. I'm a wizard. wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker. Fighting dragons in my mind. In my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, about your fitness, your life, your work. I am 45 years old, and I feel the best I have probably my entire life, or my adult life at least. I'm mother of three children, Catherine 13, Vincent 11, and Josephine, who's four. And I live in Southern California with my husband, Steve, and our black poodle bear. Let's see, my fitness, wow, that started when I was about three years old. I started twirling baton and I started doing so competitively and I did that through uh, my whole entire uh, childhood until I was 18 years old. I competed and I twirled baton in a school as well for the marching band. And along with that, I did dance and gymnastics and some other things, but really baton twirling was the big focus for me growing up. And when I got into college, I went to a small college in Ohio named Baldwin-Wallace. I got my first gym membership when I was in college, and I loved it. I loved taking the classes. I loved just, I don't know, just the atmosphere, everything about it. It made me feel so strong and powerful and uh, complete, and it was stress relief. It just had so many great things to offer. And it wasn't long after that I moved to California and I decided to take that that great feeling that I got from the gym and turn it into a bit of a career. So I started teaching group fitness classes after I moved out here to California. I got my certification in group fitness first and then in personal training and have been doing both for 20 plus years now. And I just really... I've done the whole gamut, everything. Well, my very first class that I taught was a cycle class. Um, Those poor people who were in it, it was probably torturous and terrible being (laughs) my first class. Uh, But it, I've just grown from that. And I still will still teach a cycle class here and there, but teach body pump and body combat and core classes and classes on the BOSU and the core board and all sorts of things, boot camp classes. And it's just been, um, it's been really great to be able to touch other people's lives as well. So that's it. And oh, and I also have another element that I bring in, which is leadership. 
And that came when I was teaching classes at the gym. I realized just how much I like to instruct and, and teach people how to do things. And an opportunity arose for me to begin working for Dale Carnegie. And they teach classes in a many things, leadership, personal development, impactful presentations, those types of things. And I have been working for them about eight years now, teaching those classes in the corporate environment, teaching both at the gym and in corporations. So uh, very different places, but very similarly um, teaching people how to think differently, how to behave differently, how to create new habits, those types of things. So bringing all that together, that's where I am today. Wow. So that is that's as amazing. A lot to take in, but it sounds like you went, you know, straight from the feeling in the gym you had when you were in college and you transported that and made that into a sort of a career almost as soon as you got into California. Yeah, and it wasn't my main focus. I had my J-O-B, right? My job was working in, I worked in IT as, I ended up as a project manager, but I worked there for 17 years doing a lot of different jobs. That was exactly what it was. It was a job, but it didn't fulfill me. It didn't make me feel the way I did when I was teaching. So those classes I was teaching maybe, you know, Wednesday night after work and Saturday morning, that was where I was really getting um, value for myself. So I've kind of flipped it because when my youngest daughter was born, she's four, uh, I left that job, that career, and turned to fitness and leadership as my career path now. So um, <clears throat> we've just we've just shifted the balance a bit. That's fantastic. So before we go into the next kind of question I have for you, I do want to know. I'm extremely curious because I've never heard of this before. What kind of workouts are involved in baton twirling? Because <laughs> that is really intriguing to me. Yeah. It, so unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately because I'm sentimental about it. I don't think it is as popular as it was when I was growing up. Okay. And okay. It was, it was a work. I mean, it was a workout, right? So Huge flexibility involved in baton twirling. So you've got your baton, right? Your your metal stick, for lack of a better term, and with rubberized ends, um, and you're you're uh, throwing it and rolling it all over your body. So a lot of flexibility has to, um, you know, comes into play there, and then a lot of strength um, when it comes to marching or holding poses or doing certain things. So. It's, I think it's one of those uh, sports, I'll call it, that when you see it, or, or activities, that when you see it, you might not be able to appreciate it until you actually do it, and then you go, oh, that's a little harder than I thought it would be. It sounds a lot like yoga. <laughs> you, don't, you don't realize how hard it's going to be until you actually step into that room and you're trying to do it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And and it was fun. And I think the other cool thing about it is it had an element of entertainment, of course. So that was always interesting. I did. I'd have to call my mom and ask, but we probably did upwards of 30 or 40 parades every year. Wow, that's that is a lot. Yeah. And back in Ohio, that's a lot of marching in the snow, too. There's a lot of Christmas parades and things like that. So but it was it, it was a joy. And I honestly um I don't want to say it made me who I am, but I mean, it's a huge part of who I am still today. I still have a baton. 
perfect. There you go. Going back to the roots. On that note, um, let's get started on a, a little bit of a lighter topic. Uh, now we've gone through your introduction, and my curios- curiosity, at least so far, has been satisfied. One of my favorite questions here uh, at Dumbbells and Dragons to ask is, who's your favorite fictional hero or superhero, and why? So, <laughs> this one is, uh, right, there. I mean, that's a wide-open question. Wide-open. I'm going to go with, and I know some people are going to say, oh, really? But I'm going to go with Sydney Bristow. That is my, uh, from Alias. That girl, I mean, if anybody has to ask me why, well, uh, I would just say that to me, she's the type of person, you know, all the women want to be or all the guys want to be with her, that kind of person. And she's charismatic and she's skillful and she's knowledgeable and she's smart and she's talented and she's adorable and all that stuff. I mean, she's just... To me, there's nothing more to want. Awesome. And, and, you know, Sydney speaks about 25 different languages or something like that. So never a bad talent to have. She just, I I remember thinking when I, when the show first aired, I thought, oh, you know, is it really believable? Is it really by, and, and at one point I just decided that I didn't even really care because I just liked her that much. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Great. Let's let's get more involved in this fitness, um, how you know you came to be. So we already kind of got your intro, uh, you know, when you started with your first cycling class and yeah. how you transferred a love of working out and the feeling you got into sort of uh, the fulfillment on the weekends. Right. Um, how did you decide uh, to start teaching group fitness? Well, if you're already there and it's something that you enjoy that much, I think anybody can, you know, maybe that's, maybe I shouldn't say anybody, but I think most people could learn how to do a skill, whatever it is you choose to do. And so I thought, well, the worst thing I can do is try. And if I'm horrible or I fail at it, then I won't do it. But if not, look, I'll get a free membership, a free membership and I get to touch all those other lives, right? So, it, I mean, yes, the free membership is a nice touch, but really it's uh, it's about being able to take what what I now know, what, what I've learned, and, and turn it out onto the masses. Because one thing I think even back in taking classes that I would see were, uh, were folks who were doing some things maybe incorrectly or things that were going to end up in an injury, and in a group setting, it's a little bit challenging, right, for that instructor to to always catch that. So I thought, wow, well, maybe if I'm an instructor, I can figure out a way to do it differently. And, and that ultimately is what led to getting my personal training cert is having that one-on-one ability with people. Wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, you saw something and you wanted to help it out and, and help people out and fix it. Um, yeah. So, so to that point, uh, kind of, um, it sounds, you know, right now that things, you know, went pretty easy for you, but uh-huh. I'm sure you've experienced some, some failure in life. Um, maybe it was, you know, fitness related, maybe it was the group fitness. Was there a time that all you wanted to do is just, just give up and say, you know what, this isn't for me. Yes. And it wasn't that long ago. As I mentioned, I have Josephine who's four. And when I had my first two kids, 
bam, I was working that full-time job, and I was back in those work clothes and at work six weeks later, no problem. When I had Josephine, I had a real struggle getting back into my clothes. Now, it, I wasn't, I didn't have 50 pounds to lose. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, it was almost more frustrating because it wasn't a huge amount. It was maybe 10 pounds and it was more the fact that it wasn't tone and it wasn't muscle. And I tried, well, I will tell you at that time, I would tell you I've tried everything. I'm a fitness instructor. I'm still teaching my classes. Uh, I am eating healthy. I'm doing, you know, everything I'm supposed to do because I know better. The problem was I wasn't. And I even did some some silly, foolish things like, oh, well, I'm not going to eat today. I'm just going to drink water today. Well, OK. And I would never let a client get away with that. But there I was doing those grasping at straws. I. I was really defeated because I thought, well, if I can't figure out how to get where I want to be and get back into my clothes, then how am I supposed to be instructing and inspiring other people to do this? What what gives me the right to be up here and tell people what to do when I can't even do it myself? And I got to a point where even my doctor said, hey, you know, you're over 40 and this happens. And everyone was trying to kind of give me the it's OK, just go buy new clothes and you know, don't worry about it. And I just was so sad by that, saddened by that statement. I, I just, I was at my wit's end. I was frustrated. So I had to, I had to do something new. Would you like to know what that was? Absolutely. <laughs> I figured that might be your next question. Absolutely. I'm sure that all of our listeners want to know as well. I'm, I'm at my edge of my seat. <laughs> well, I realized a couple of things. First of all, I realized that my sleep schedule was non-existent. I didn't have a sleep schedule. As an instructor, I know how critical that restorative sleep is. I would, you know, I have three kids. I have a job. My husband travels, et cetera. So there were a million reasons why I could put up and say, oh, I stayed up all night last night doing X, Y, Z. The problem was that was part of the reason why my weight wasn't coming up, why, why I wasn't, you know, I wasn't treating myself well. So the sleep was one factor. So I got on a good sleep schedule. And then the second thing was I was my typical client. I was talking to myself and saying, oh, Sheila, you're trying. You're doing a good job, sweetie. You woke up today and you tried, but you just couldn't get that workout in. Or you started to work out, but then your ankle hurt or somebody called on the phone and, you know, all the excuses. I caught myself and said, oh, my gosh, I'm doing exactly what I don't accept from other people. So I became a beach body coach. A friend of mine, it was the absolute right time. A friend of mine knocked on the door and said, I have this opportunity. I know that you are already instructing people and you're a leader. Uh, how, what do you think about doing this? And I became a beach body coach. And almost one year ago today, I started my program, which was T25. And it's 25 minutes a day. And of course, when I got it, I thought, you know, I'm a fitness instructor, really 25 minutes a day. I will tell you what, I learned my lesson on my first 25, 25 minute workout about four minutes in. I thought I was not going to make it till the end. So T25, I did that. It's a 10 week program. And about five weeks in, I was into all of my pre-pregnancy clothes. Um, I had only dropped about five pounds. So like I said, it wasn't so much the weight issue. It was just 
what kind of weight I was carrying and where it was. Uh, but I was back into all the pre-pregnancy clothes. And at the gym, my classes I was teaching, people started coming up to me. What are you doing differently? You look fantastic. Why are your arms so cut? Um, one lady, I thought it was the funniest thing, came up and said, did you stop eating bread? And I thought, well, that's an inter- <laughs> that's an interesting thing that she would think. But um, And no, I didn't stop eating bread. Uh, but I got back to healthy lifestyle and to daily workouts and they weren't, they were 25 minutes. So I could fit them into my lifestyle. Um, and I, so that's a one, almost one year ago today. That sounds fantastic. So I'm, I'm going to hopefully not, uh, steal any secrets from you. Can you give, give us an example of what, um, what you would do in a 25 minute workout? Yeah. So I, I can't take the credit, right? Because it's not me. It's, it's the video. And I will tell you, at that point, I even as an instructor, I needed that because I would never have pushed myself to the places where I went in those workouts, and I still do them today. So the first five weeks are solid cardio. Now cardio, you you do get uh, you do get into plank and burpees and things like that. So, but it's all cardio. It's no weights. The second five weeks, they introduce weights, and you're doing cardio plus weights, but it's 25 minutes with no break. So there's no water break. I mean, you obviously you can do what you need to do, but there's no built-in water break. There's nothing like that. And it's just 25 minutes. You go and the clock starts to count down and and 25 solid minutes. So uh, and I will tell you, it's nothing. It's kind of like we were talking about the yoga before. It's nothing that crazy. Right. It's nothing that insane where if you saw it through a window, you would say, oh, I could never do that. You'd probably say, yeah, I can handle that. But could you handle it solid for 25 minutes? And that's where it that's where it really gets tough. Um, my husband did it with me for 10 weeks and he lost 18 pounds. Wow. That's that's a lot in 10 weeks. Yeah. And it's not and it's not crazy. Right. We weren't doing crazy eating, you know, cayenne pepper drinks and, you know, any kind of funky stuff. Just some decent whole foods and 25 minutes a day. Um, and, and we still lived life, right? We still had birthday cake on birthdays and, you know, had a beer here and there or whatever. I mean, it wasn't like the rest of life changed or stopped completely. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's absolutely fantastic that, you know, you as a, a fitness coach, um, you know, you said it, you, you lost some focus, maybe you lost motivation, um, and you just needed to, to change the routine to find something new, um, that would give you the inspiration that would, that would put you on a path you know, a daily path of 25 minutes a day, um, that gets you back and, uh, and stronger and, uh, hit your, hit your fitness goals. Well, and here's, here's the thing that, that I think about, right? Because sometimes people will say, Oh no, I'm good. I work out or, or you're maybe as a coach, you're, a, you don't want to go talk to somebody because you're like, Oh, they're thin or they're fit. Well, why do Olympians have coaches? Right. I mean, it, just because you are something doesn't mean that somebody that an outside force isn't needed to push you to the next level. Absolutely. You know, even even if you're da- even if it's not your coach, even if it's a training friend. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I, I just want to go back um, probably about about four or five minutes ago, you mentioned this. You said your sleep schedule. Uh, can you just can you just explain to to our listeners just what exactly you meant by that? What would what would you're off your sleep schedule and how'd you get back on it? 
again, before I had, if there wasn't a schedule, it was just sleep when I can. And, and I kid you not. And there may be people listening who say, oh my God, I completely can understand that because I live that. Uh, so here I am, a grown married woman with three kids and a job. And I would, some nights I would stay up all night, not watching TV, but I would stay up because I had bills to pay and uh, clients to work on, you know, work with, or there's just always something to do. And so, um, and then other nights I would maybe go to sleep at two and wake up at five on purpose. Um, and then other nights, you know, then the weekend would come and maybe I would sleep until eight o'clock if the kids would let me or nine o'clock if they would, or that's, it was just so all over the place. I also have migraines and this all kind of came together at one time. And I went to a, a new neurologist um, again, just about just about a year ago, it all just kind of piled up on itself. And he said to me, if you don't get your sleep in line, that's that's a big part of your problem with your migraines. And I knew from a fitness standpoint, it was also a big problem with that. So my current schedule is I go to bed at 10 o'clock and I wake up at five o'clock. So it's seven hours. And I know that they say, you know, you need anywhere between seven and nine hours, depending on the person. For me, it is less about getting maybe that extra, that eighth, eighth hour, the seven hours is just fine. But I am pretty diligent about that schedule, even on the weekends. Now, if we go to the Hollywood Bowl or we do something and we don't get home until later, obviously, I can't I can't do anything about that. But I as much as I can, I am in bed at 10 o'clock and I'm up at five. That's fantastic. Yeah. Setting a sleep schedule. It sounds like it really it really did help you out. Oh, it, it, and I, I really want to emphasize I'm not I'm not a sleep doctor. I'm not a neurologist. I just want to emphasize if you're having difficulties improving, if you're having difficulties in lots of areas, that's one thing I would really stress to people to just try. Try. You can't try it for a day or a week. You've got to try it for a month or two, but just try and see and keep your weekends the same way as well and see if it doesn't do something for you. Um, in a, you know, in a positive way, because I really, I, I will never undo it again. Awesome. Um, or maybe you had this before, but do you have a, a motto or a mantra that you want to share with us? Yeah, my company's name is Think Differently Fitness. And the reason I named it Think Differently is I see a lot of people, myself included, right? You, you do things differently. Maybe you go through motions or even have created habits, but they're just something that we do over and over again. They're not necessarily a change in the thought process. And I think that's really critical that we need to, how we think about things, right? How I think about, well, what is the sleep going to do for me? Sure, I can stay up later. I can choose to watch a movie. I can choose to do other things. But if I think about the power of those seven hours of sleep for me every night, it, it helps to, um, for me, it helps to make those types of things more pleasurable to do than just, a, oh, well, I have, I'm on this sleep schedule or I'm on this workout schedule. If I think about, what it's truly doing for the way I look, the way I feel, how long I'm going to live here, what kind of quality of life I'm going to have. Uh, it really starts in the brain for me. Wow. That's, that's, that's a fabulous, that's a fabulous motto and mantra to have. So on that note, it kind of segues in, I guess, to my next question, which would be what 
what gets you up in the morning? You know, you're saying 10 to 5 at 5 a.m. What is it? What what drives you? I have my clients get a, what, what we call the why that makes you cry. And what I mean by that is what is the one thing that when it's cold and it's dark and it's yucky and you're sick and, you know, put a pile, all those negatives on top of each other. What's the one thing that you, that you live for that you couldn't be held down? Uh, you know, that the why that makes you cry. So my why is my family and I get up at five o'clock because my father died when he was 55. He had a heart attack and it wasn't his first one. And it was um, it was sad. I mean, obviously, it was a horrible event. And people say, oh, over time, it gets better. It doesn't get better. At least it didn't for me. It's just different. I mean, yes, I guess it softens up a little bit, but I still hate it. He's never met my husband or my kids. And so my why is my family, because I don't want to do I don't want to be in the same position because I miss him. I'm sure he misses me and I want to be here. I'm, you know, living past 100. No reason not to. I want to be here for my kids, for all their triumphs and trials and to help them through life. And the same thing with my grandkids. And I don't know. This, I'm having fun here, so I don't want to leave. Um, so my why that makes me cry is my family. So when it's five o'clock and I don't feel like getting up, I those are the kinds of thoughts that go through my head. You know, why, why am I doing this? I'm not just getting up because my trainer says I'm supposed to, or, you know, T25 is out there waiting or, you know, whatever, or cause I, I were going on vacation and I want to look good in a swimsuit. I get out of bed because I know that ultimately I'm in charge of this, this machine that I walk around in every day. And, and I want to keep it as, as awesome as possible. Wow, the why that makes you cry. That is that is awesome. <laughs> Don't we rhyme a lot, coaches? It, it, it you you rhyme. Um, I am stealing that. <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely have, am. Everyone should have one because we have. I have clients, and I'm sure lots of people out there can identify. Um, if you if someone just hand right, if I go to a trainer or if, if myself as a trainer, if I hand someone, here's your here's your schedule, here's your workout schedule, um, here's your nutrition, all those types of things. I mean, that's great because it's easy and I can hand it over. But if there's no internal motivation for that client to actually get up and have an avocado instead of a bowl of chips, then then we've lost the connection, right? The drive has to come from them internally. So we have to find out what's that why? What's that why? The why that makes you cry. So you just use that away. <laughs> Fantastic. I will. So on that note, um, we're going we're gonna to have some lighter topics, um, some nerdier topics, if you will. What are you nerding out about right now? Is there a movie? Is there a book? Um, I know Comic-Con, since you're out in, in uh, California, um, is there something that's coming up that you're really psyched about? Well, so I hesitate when you say coming up because it's not coming until 2016. I am on the edge of my seat waiting for the new episode of Sherlock. Okay. <laughs> I, am, I am a total Sherlock nerd because of my kids, actually. My older two kids um, are the ones who introduced me to it. And um, I just, just 
love it, adore it, have watched it, you know, have watched the the same episodes over and over again. Um, and it's it's kind of fun for me or it's really fun for me because we do it as a family. Oh, my four year old doesn't watch it, but the rest of us. Um, and it's just I don't know. So I, that's my nerd thing. That's my you know, when I go meet with the ladies at lunch, they're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. So the so the so Sherlock. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Um, this is personally my favorite question to ask. Okay. If you had to be one superhero in a battle royale, where all the superheroes and supervillains across all the universes are put on Earth as it is today and told to battle to the death, who would you be, and why? You asked that. That was kind of like a Miss America question, the way you asked that. Very nicely. Uh, I would be Captain America. Couple couple parts to that. I am extremely patriotic. So that's just like the first obvious one. We'll just get it out of the way. I still, when I go to ball games, I still sing the national anthem with my hand over my heart. My kids take their hats off, the whole thing. I'm not a good singer, but I still sing. Uh, I fly a flag on my house. I, you know, do everything I can for the, I'm just, extremely patriotic. I was raised that way. Um, okay. Outside of that, Captain America to me has this blend of, um, brawn and brains. So he's an amazing leader to me. And I, so I guess I kind of identify with him in that way that he's not just a brute force kind of, you know, a Hulk kind of guy. While I do think, so for all those people out there who said, Oh, Captain America, why'd you pick, you know, I do think I don't disagree that he could be defeated by other characters. So it's not about necessarily being the winner, uh, the one who you know stays alive above everybody else. It's more about the pride of being being happy with who I am in this, you know, this character. Right. So I would want to be content uh, with who I am, not just worry about being the winner and the brute force. So with all that, you could guess that I wasn't going to pick a villain because I'm that's I would never be a villain. <laughs> I'm too nice to be. I would never want to be a villain. I'd always have to be the good guy. But yeah, Captain America. So even though even though I might say, yes, I can see that I'm not going to win this battle. I would be OK with that because I would die being happy with who I am. So you'd like to go you going down you just you want to be happy going down that's right that's right i want to i want to go down and have people say that was a good man that was a good man right there or in your case woman that's right that or whatever you know u.s armed forces captains can be women so i i will say you know we'll we get a lot of different responses um every superhero or super villain can be defeated you know there's Everyone has their kryptonite, so you know maybe maybe the guys and the the gals who could beat Captain America go down first from other heroes and villains. So you never know. Look at you with that positive attitude. I love it. I'm just stealing it right from you. <laughs> so if you could train with one person, dead or alive, um, who would it be and why? I, I'm gonna cheat and have two, but they're short. <laughs> the we'll, first we'll allow it. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. The first person I would choose would be Bruce Lee. And 
couple reasons. Number one, I love training with just my body without using any sort of equipment. I do use equipment. I'm fine with equipment, but I just think there's something so kind of salt of the earth when it's just you and your body uh, maxing out and really testing it, you know? Um, and I love the, I love punching and kicking. I, as I mentioned early on, I teach body combat, which is a mixed martial arts um, made for the masses. Uh, punching and kicking, I don't know why, it just gives me like that super extra like, <clears throat> right? It just feels so impressive uh, doing that. And I think that combination of, <clears throat> excuse me, the, I think the combination of all of that physical force with the mental strength. Right. With um, that, the martial arts training brings to it. So just having that mind, I guess you'd say mind and body connection. I really think that would just be an incredible thing to be able to ask him about and train with him and just wow. Um, my other choice is not a not a physical, not a physical fitness person. His name is Louis Zamperini, and I don't know if people listening will even know who that is, but he was a war. He was captured during World War II uh, by the Japanese, and he lived an incredible tale. He has such an unbreakable spirit. In fact, there's a book written about him, and the title of the book is Unbroken. What what I would what I would just want to glean from him is going through all those trials without ever giving up and just how you have that extreme mind over matter. I mean, he's a true testament to just saying, I will not let this break me. I will survive. I mean, just that, that positive attitude that when I look at somebody like going through those types of trials and I think I'm struggling to get to the end of a half an hour or an hour long workout or, Oh gosh, can I eke out one more bicep curl? It's like, that doesn't even equate. Right. So I would love to uh, have been able to talk with him and find out where, how you dig deep enough to get that kind of unbreakable spirit. That's fantastic. So Bruce Lee and Louis Zamperini, um, Louis Zamperini who recently passed away, I believe in July. Yes. Those are, I mean, there's, there's no way to tap those two. The absolutely fantastic choices. I love them both. One of our final nerd questions, another fun one, uh, hypothetical, there's no wrong answer, there's no right answer, uh, okay. there are better answers, so we'll go with this. So you find yourself in a post-apocalyptic world, fighting for survival from predators, human, and animal. What do you do to maintain your fitness, and what one weapon would you want for protection? So I'm going to go a little bit back to that last question, right? I'm going to do a lot of indoor, outdoor, functional, everyday training with my body. So things like, you know, hammering over my head for hours. And if it's post-apocalyptic uh, and I don't have a hammer and something to build, then I'm still going to uh, I'm going to invent something to have those types of activities, right, where I'm hammering over my head or dragging blocks or lifting heavy loads from the ground just uh, very functional things. Outdoors, I would uh, climb the tallest trees and dig massive holes and then fill them back up again and scale mountains and swim. I mean, just everything that you can think of, just your body uh, to maneuver in the world, whether it's inside of whatever would be left 
uh, in terms of structures, buildings, that sort of thing, and then out of doors, right? Because if I'm going up against humans and animals, I want to have as much um, as much training in the outdoors as well. So that's that's really what I think I would. I mean what I would do for my physical training, my weapon. So if I could have any weapon at all, I don't know exactly what class classifies as a weapon, but I, I would want vision into the future. But if I can't have vision into the future, then I'll take a bow and arrow. <laughs> okay. The two very different choices of weapons. What? Uh, Here's- Here's why. Here's why. So if I could see into the future, right, I would hope that I would be able to uh, plan for things or thwart things or, you know, prepare those types of things. And if not, uh, if I can't have that, then the reason I would choose a bow and arrow is I would need something that I would I, I would need to have something where I could create continuous ammo. So if I you know, if I have some sort of gun or something that uses specific ammo, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to refill it. Um, or, you know, find additional ammo. So I figure here, if I have a bow and arrow, then hopefully I can find things around to fashion into more arrows. So there's the logic. I I love the logic. Um, (laughs) I don't believe we're going to disqualify looking to the future. But, you know, that's that's a great take on it. I would not have thought of that as your answer. Well, yeah. Well, this is that's a hard question. It is kind of tricky. There are there are endless possibilities. Yeah, it's a little scary too. Oh, that's something I didn't mention in my nerding out question about Sherlock. Um, I'm glad that I watched it with my children because I'm a little bit of a wimp and it's a little scary. I'm actually a little scary. The last thing that happened, if you haven't seen it, the last thing that happens in the very last episode in season three freaked me out. I haven't, and I'm sure other people haven't, so they appreciate the non-spoiler. Yes. <laughs> Just say. Great. Well, so for fitness, do you yeah. have a resource, an app, um, maybe a piece of equipment at the gym? I know you talked a lot about Bruce Lee um, using your body as sort of your resistance, um, but do you have a piece of equipment, an app, or a resource that you can get behind or maybe refer to our listeners? Yes. I love, I'm absolutely grooving on them, and and they're not new. It's just, I'm not sure, they've come out in classes, I've, I've used them in classes years ago, and then they kind of went away. They're discs or sliders. Uh, they look like really big coasters or furniture movers. Uh, and so they're very, they're very inexpensive. Um, they have different ones. They have ones that are made out of, um, material and then they have ones that are hard plastic and, and the hard plastic is for carpet and the material is for hardwood floors or smooth surface floors. What I love about them, there, there are lots of different things to do. One of my favorite things to do though is, uh, put them under your hands for plank and move your hands in different directions, uh, or, Likewise, put them under your feet when you're in plank and use them to slide your your feet in different directions. To me, it really brings a nuance to core training and strength training that 
that I haven't been able to really find in other things. So it's just there are simple little nuances that are very, very challenging. Uh, you probably won't stay there for a long time, but they really just that that's why we want to do it. Right. Because it's something that you can't do for a long time because it's really difficult, but it's getting some. Uh, maybe some areas, some muscles that you don't necessarily get with a regular routine. Yeah, um, I believe I use the poor man's disc or slider. I use a old towel on the floor. That is, you can use that as well. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, I can definitely get behind that. You know, that is uh, a crazy workout if you if you do it right, and you know, I'm sure that's probably incorporated to your 25 minute workouts as well. Yeah. So, so one thing, just the trainer and me popping out here, right? So when you are in that plank, though, because, right, you know, we have to rhyme. So the gut is up and the butt is down. Gut up, butt down. Because, <laughs> because uh, like you, you had mentioned, you got to do it. You have to do it correctly in order to get what you want from the work. Um, and that's so imperative there. So you heard her. <laughs> Gut up, butt down. That's right. You mentioned uh, the, um, excuse me, the Beachbody program. Mm -hmm. um, you also mentioned that you're a physical trainer, that you have done group fitness in the past. How can someone connect with you, whether, you know, they're um, across the country in North Carolina, whether they're uh, in, you know, right down the street in, uh, in California? How, how can they contact you? Sure. Well, my website is teambeachbody.com slash think differently. And it's all together. Think differently. So again, it's teambeachbody.com slash think differently. Or they can reach me um, by email. And that is just my name all spelled out. S-H-E-I-L-A, Sheila dot Miller Nelson, all together, M-I-L-L-E-R-N-E-L-S-O-N at gmail.com. Great. So so it's teambeachbody.com slash think differently. Correct. And then your email is going to be Sheila period Miller Nelson at gmail.com. Just like it's just like it sounds. You got it. So if you're out there and you're thinking, uh, man, I need to lose that 10 pounds that have been stuck on me forever, um, Sheila's gone through it. You know, contact her. Maybe she can get you on turned on the 25-minute Beachbody program that she did, the T25. And uh, if you love that, you know, um, there are numerous other programs, um, 35 in total, that Beachbody.com um, Think Differently has available. So to cap things off, what parting advice do you have for everyone out there, our listeners? Um, what kind of one thing can you give them? Write this down. Make every day better because you can. Be alert. Be awake. Be alive. So you heard that. Make every day better because you can. I love it. I love it. That goes right back to why that makes you cry i'm i cannot get over that that is that is going up on my board nice great well sheila thank you so much for your time um and you know again if you want to contact sheila it's teambeachbody.com slash think differently 
And thank you to all of our listeners out there for tuning into this edition with Sheila Miller Nelson. Thanks so much, Sheila. Thank you. Have a great evening. Thanks, you too. As always, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at dumbbellsanddragons. Connect with us on Twitter at dumbbellsdragon. Also, our theme song, Roll a D6 by Assorted Intricacies, can be found on iTunes, or you can listen to it on YouTube now.